Good morning. Uh, today I want to uh, want to prepare our hearts for Christmas and by looking at what preludes the arrival of the Christ child. Have you ever been so busy before the weeks of Christmas that when Christmas came you realized, oh my goodness, it's Christmas. <laughs> you had that. I have, and I don't want to be in that position again. I remember one time that I had a situation where Christmas came. There was so much going on in my life. There was ministry, there was work, there was celebrations, there was festivities, and then Christmas arrived. And I was like, I thought I was like on the 1st of December. I don't want to have this happen to me again. And today I wanted to share about why it's important that we should prepare for Christmas. During Christmas time, we get caught up with a lot of things, distractions, busyness. We get distracted with celebrations, parties, with uh, such things like uh, events, sermons, Black Friday shopping, shopping and preparing gifts for people, dinners, you name it, and even travel too. I want to share you that the gospel the Gospels here that you're reading is going to help us prepare for Christmas. It's going to make Christmas a priority for our life. There are so much prophecies in the Bible that talk about the coming of Jesus Christ. 2,000 years, even more longer than that, coming, reminding us that God is coming in the birth of Jesus. And even the Gospel, it talks about Jesus uh, coming to our lives, and we have to prepare for it. I believe this is the reason why Advent is important. And I'm glad that we were, that you have a tradition of lighting the Advent candles. Did this work? And I want to give a, a little bit about uh, a definition about Advent. What is Advent? And Advent is something that I discovered is, which is going to help us to understand and appreciate uh, Christmas and also get us ready to prepare for Christmas. And so Advent starts the four weeks before Christmas and ends on Christmas Eve. And it means arrival or coming. It comes from the Latin word Adventus, which is a translation for approaching. And it's a season of the church. If you belong to a traditional liturgical church, they follow this church calendar, which this is the first day of the year. And it also marks the four weeks before Christmas reminding us that something is approaching and that we should be prepared. And there are three comings. The first thing, that the flesh of Jesus Christ has already came in Bethlehem. The second coming is the coming of Jesus Christ in our own hearts. And the third thing is the glory and the return of Jesus Christ. And I told myself I would never be put in this situation again that I would go and not realize that Christmas Day had arrived. And I just hope that this sermon that I will talk about also prepare our hearts for Christmas, and also I hope that you will not be in this position. I hope that after today, you'll be reminded that Christmas is important. It's important to prepare for Christmas. It's important to pay attention to the days, the weeks that mark the, the, the weeks before Christmas. In the Gospel of Luke, there are a couple of characters that remind us uh, and help us prepare for Christmas. And we can see their lives and how they interact and encounter the Christ child. 
And the first, uh, they, they respond also in interesting and unique ways. The first is a couple named Zacharias and Elizabeth. Uh, they are the parents of John the Baptist. And then you see Mary, the mother of Jesus. You see the shepherds. And we also have Simeon and Anna. After the child is born, we meet Simeon and Anna. And some of these characters have what we call words of praise. And you just read a word of praise called the Song of Mary. In fact, they're called canticles, which are phrases of praise, which are hymns and songs, these poems, these poems made into hymns and songs for the church. And today I want to focus on Zacharias and the mother of Jesus Mary. Let me read a few, uh, few readings just to get us acquainted to this. Uh, Luke 1, 5 to 7, chapter 1, 5. You can follow along with me or you can just follow the screen. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron and his, her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living famously according to the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both were getting on in age. You can see the introduction to Zacharias here. And Zacharias uh, responds quite differently than Mary. See, again, Zacharias and Elizabeth are the parents of John the Baptist. Zacharias was a priest who belonged to the order of priests. He and his wife were outstanding people. They were upright and blameless, what the text says. They followed the law. The only problem was that they were beyond the childbearing years and for some reason were not able to conceive. You must know that God uses the words, the idea of barrenness, to show us that he's going to make a shift in the world and make a change in the world. And when Zacharias was in the temple offering incense to the Lord, an angel appeared. Zacharias was startled. The angel told Zacharias that he was chosen by God. Elizabeth would conceive a son who would prepare the way for the coming Messiah. Zacharias was so startled, he responds with disbelief. You read the following scriptures. It says that at this point, he's thinking, I'm, at the point I'm thinking about this, and I'm reading this, and let me read what he says in Luke chapter 1. And he says here in Luke chapter 1, verses Luke chapter 1 of verses 18, he says, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is old too. And the angel says to him, I'm Gabriel. Serve God. I have been sent to speak to you and tell you the good news. Before this, the angel comes to John, uh, to Zacharias, the future son, the future parent, father of, son, uh, of John, and reminds him that he his wife would conceive of a baby. And he is floored by this. He's like, how can this be? My wife is beyond uh, childbearing age. And he acts in such a way that he does not even believe an angel, an angel from the Lord coming to him. And he says that, how can this be? And the angel is also, I believe, did not, did not receive, did not expect this response from uh, Zacharias. And what happens is Zacharias, the angel says, I 
and the angel of the Lord, I stand before God, and you don't believe me. For this reason, I will mute you, and you won't be able to speak until these things happen. This is a this is quite a shock, I think. I mean, if you had an angel who told you that something would happen, would you go and argue with it and say, no, I don't believe you, come on. No. But Zacharias does that. He has the boldness to actually go in front of the angel of the Lord and say, you know, shut up, I don't think so. At this point, Mary, at this point, we realize that Zacharias, even though he had his training, his understanding of angels, his priestly order, he, at this moment, he did not believe. At this moment, he failed to trust in God. In contrast, Mary responds differently. The angel appears to Mary and tells her that she will conceive of a baby who will be the Savior of the Lord. And instead of doubting, instead of saying, okay, is this going to happen or not, she says, and she responds that I am the handmaid of the Lord. At this point, I look at the, the two different people, the two different characters responding to God in very different ways. And I ask yourselves to look at this and say, it's important to prepare for Christmas. It is important to prepare for Christmas because we don't want to be in a situation like Zacharias. We don't want to have a situation where we will doubt. We will doubt that there is a coming king something great will happen to us. So you see, both characters find themselves a recipient of a message, an important message. And again, both of them respond very differently. Mary, in contrast to Zacharias, will respond affectionately and enthusiastically. And she will song, sing a song which you saw called the Mary, Song of Mary, the Magnificat. A, a, a praise to our Lord, a worship that God is real and God will say what he says he will say he will do it. There's a, just a quote, it says, Victor Frankl wrote, he says, everything can be taken from man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. And obviously, Zacharias did not choose the right attitude given his circumstances. And my main point is that we need to prepare for Christmas. And let me tell you why. I believe there is a disease in our heart that's very easy to catch. I know some of us are sick today, physically sick. And for us being physically sick, we can actually go to a doctor and have ourselves uh, be tested and diagnosed and even given medicine. But this sickness of the heart is very different. You don't go to a doctor to be, to be tested. You can't actually look at the sickness from a microscope. You see, Zacharias was a, what the narrator said was pious, upright, outstanding, and blameless. And he came from a long lineage of belief. But when the, when the moment counted, when faced with an angel, his attitude was found lacking. That is, his right behavior and his knowledge failed him at the moment of testing. And he utterly failed to exercise the faith that God requires. And many people have this kind of sickness that Zacharias has. Many people also do not know that they also have this thing in their heart, which cannot be detected with uh, one's eyes. And it can be seen through things like uh, lack of gratitude, anger. It can be seen in things, uh, 
that if we're not careful, we're going to catch this. And we're going to catch it as it gets into our heart more and more. And like this, the soul of the, the soul of the spirit cannot, the sickness of the soul of the spirit cannot be discovered by the microscope. Here's an illustration. I, I, the chaplain uh, told me of a story. Uh, he was sitting around the TV with his kids watching an open heart surgery. And now his kids were quite young. And one of his daughters was watching as they're opening up the and looking at the man's heart. And she says to Daddy, Daddy, why don't I see Jesus? Why don't we see Jesus? We know that when we have the sicknesses, we know when we have sicknesses, we don't see Jesus. The symptoms are full. Again, an aversion to prayer, uh, not being gracious, finding our life speeding up and not our hearts catching up. This sickness is what we call, has a definition. It's called, I don't know if you've heard the word despondency. Am I the first one? Maybe you've heard of it. Despondency is uh, a word for this. And it's not just uh, tiredness or laziness. And here's the definition. Despondent means is the impossibility to see anything good or positive. It's the reduction of everything to negativism and pessimism. Despondency is suicide of soul because when man is possessed by it, he is unable to see the light and desire it. You see, Mary did not have this sickness. You can see that she had uh, a, a life in her. I remember this story, uh, and if you read these stories uh, from C.S. Lewis, The Chronicles of Narnia, have you, I, I don't know, I've read them, some of you have probably heard of them or read them or saw the movie. In the movie, there's, uh, there's one important book called The, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And this interesting book, talks about this white witch who has ruled over the land of Narnia and has made the land always winter and never Christmas. And I kind of see this as a metaphor. You know, C.S. Lewis is always writing about the state of our hearts and talking about spiritual things and metaphors and stories. And it reminds me about this sickness of the soul that we have, always winter but never Christmas. And so it's important to prepare our hearts for Christmas. You see, the ancient Israelites, they lived in a sorry state. And I think Zacharias showed and was an example of that. You see, they were ruled, ruled by foreign powers. They had not heard from the voice of God for many, many years. And they were waiting the coming Messiah, but he just didn't come. They waited another hundred years, he just didn't come. Generations came. Until the angel appeared at that moment to Zacharias. And Zacharias responded, quite unexpectedly, differently than what the, uh, the angel had expected. He was an, an, unable to anticipate good things, good things from the Lord. He presented what we have, what we call a sickness of the heart. Again, Zacharias, if we're not careful, he can be like us. Many of us have unfulfilled dreams. Many of us have regrets. Some of us have hopelessness in our own hearts. We see that outside. Can help also happen to us too? We can also fall into having a sickness of the soul. We might even doubt of God's love for us. No wonder God would bring about the birth of Jesus' son 
Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, in order to prepare the way for Jesus, to help people's hearts become born again so they would receive the precious gift of Jesus Christ. You know, it's important to prepare for Christmas. And I think that sometimes preparation can be undervalued. I come from a city that does not. I come from Ottawa, and we often have dignitaries that come. And when they have dignitaries that come, they really make the place look nice. They clean up the they clean up the streets and they put up banners of the flags of the nations of the the representative who is coming. And especially when royalty comes, uh, when the queen comes, when when the princes come, they really do make things uh, really nice for them. And the preparations are extensive. And uh, and people come out. There are crowds of people who come out just to see them. And I was looking at some of the current movies that are out there right now, and one of them is called Downtown Abbey. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, I didn't really catch up with the series, but uh, they just had this movie that's out, and the movie, it's, it's a series that's based out of the UK. And this whole movie is about this country estate and the preparations for the king coming, royalty coming. And it's, it's about a two hour, it seems like a two hour movie of the extensive preparations that must be made when the king comes. They're cleaning up the they're cleaning up the whole estate. They're making the chandeliers clean. They're taking away the dust. They're doing so much just because of this guest, this very important guest. So shouldn't we, shouldn't we also prepare for Christmas? Should we also have the same anticipation for Jesus? I think the reason because of this is that we've lost our meaning of Christmas. I mean, you see outside. Take a look at. Uh, take a look at the news, or take a look at the commercials, uh, take a look at what's going at the shopping, Black Friday shopping. Does it point us towards the real meaning of Christmas? I mean, we have endless movies about Christmas, but never really about the meaning of Christmas. Uh, I remember one of the things that we did uh, in my previous ministry of English Conversation Cafe was to present the meaning of Christmas. And it was so interesting how a lot of the people who came to the country did not really know what Christmas was. All they knew about Christmas was from the commercials, from the movies they saw, from all the media that comes out of North America. And when you ask them, what is shopping? They'll give you answers like, oh, you know, what is Christmas? What is shopping? Shopping, uh, Santa Claus, buying gifts, winter, Kentucky Fried Chicken, maybe even eating it for dinner, if you ask a Japanese person. Uh, none of them would tell me it was about Jesus. And so, I remember walking down, uh, downtown, and we were working in this place called uh, Queen Street West. You often see the diversity of people around there, and one of the things that I would see is someone's t-shirt, and it said to said to this t-shirt, hope is for suckers. I was like thinking, you know, hope is not for suckers, life is not meaningless. It seemed like this whole idea of Christmas was meaningless. This whole idea that the hope of Christmas was meaningless. And I think that sometimes this can get into our heads, into our own hearts too. Because I, I once thought that life was meaningless. I once thought that life, the purpose of life was simply to live for oneself. And it's very possible to get into this line of thinking if we're not careful that we discover that nothing has meaning. But once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you realize and accept the call for Him in your life, 
He gives you meaning. Following God's call gives my life meaning. And I see that even Mary's song, her call from God, is a song of meaning. Jesus Christ has called her to bear the Christ child in her womb. And this is the first follower of God. This first follower of Jesus here is Mary. Advent is important because it is a dress rehearsal for the actual king who will one day come. Jesus' return is meaningful. If we read, if you don't believe me, read. Read Isaiah. Let's read Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. And you realize the preparation for Christmas is important when you read this, about especially the gift that we're going to get and the world that's going to receive this child. It says in Isaiah 9, 6 to 7, For a child has been born for us, to us, for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. I've given uh, some important reasons why uh, preparation. Preparing, preparing our hearts is important. Preparing our hearts is important, especially in the light of the sickness of cynicism and hopelessness. So what are some ways we can get right with God and get ready for Christmas? Can I give us three suggestions? Let's see. Still learning how to do When you find yourself more interested in completing tasks, uh, and you, when you notice yourself getting impatient and getting angry, or even being busy and not able to rest, we realize that our hearts are growing more despondent. We need to ask God to help us. And one of the things that we can do uh, is to carve space for the Savior during Advent. And one of the things that the angel did was to close the mouth of Zacharias, and he muted him. And it kind of reminds me of this idea that, you know, we can do a lot of things, uh, and we can be very busy, but what we can do in this time is carve out space for God. You know, Zacharias is given eight months. I believe that's the time that when the baby, before the baby John was born. And Zacharias had, was given this opportunity to think and consider his own attitude, his own heart, to see what was inside, and to actually bring that to the Lord, to slowly cure his heart of cynicism and hopelessness. For it says that God says to Mary, for no word from God will fail. If he disbelieved the angel, he had some time to reflect and change his mind. This was the eight months. And consider the next four months that we will get before Christmas. And take this as not just an opportunity to go shopping and to uh, have a lot of things done, but to carve out an opportunity to slow down and take time to meet one's God. In fact, we should also look at our own self, at our own character at this time, and ask ourselves, 
whether we have a soul sickness and how far ahead has God into our soul. You might also need to see a friend and talk to him about this, or you may want to receive a friend and have him talk to you about this. Consider the Advent season a very important time for us to come face to face with the living God, to come face to face and recover our own hearts and come back to the Lord. There are seasons in my life that I've taken time out, hard time out for the Lord, which was very valuable. And every time I notice that it was not just important to receive a discerning word from the Lord, to grow in relationship with God. I've noticed that during these times, I've had knots and things in my own heart that need to be brought up towards God. I need to surrender and examine those things that God needed to do, deal and change in me. The second thing is Mary's visitation brings Mary's visitation brings us uh, an understanding that visitation uh, is important and that we should direct our worship towards the Savior, Jesus Christ. That the worship that God delights is an inward worship. It comes from inside our own soul and in our own actions. And we must pay attention to the state of our own soul. One of the things is that when the, when the, the angel spoke to Zacharias and Mary, we should expect in the next four weeks that God will speak to us too. And we often think that all the angels or God's going to speak to someone like a pastor or, or someone else, probably someone who's uh, had a better spiritual life than us. But I think we have to change that mindset. That in the next four months, we should be expected that God will speak to every single one of you ordinary people, people who don't have ministry. Because this is why Jesus came down too, is also to establish a relationship with God. We should consider and we should be open that God will speak to every single, single one of us. And we can't just say that God is too busy for us or God has better things to do. I don't think that's right to think that way. We should be open and anticipate and expect that God's going to speak to every one of you during the next four weeks. It may be very well that he will speak to you, but we aren't listening. Or even worse, we won't even respond or obey. You can receive a message from God and still mess it up by ignoring it or not responding. It should be a warning to us, looking at Zachariah's life, someone who is outstanding, who knows a lot about his faith and behaves well, that we can also be cynical and downplay the messages, the message of God, and especially its importance. I want to conclude by reminding us of the Narnia story, the line and witch and the wardrobe. In the beginning of the book, Narnia is under the curse of a white witch, and never is always winter, but never Christmas. Finally, at the arrival of the children, who will be the high kings and high priests of Narnia. Their very presence thaws the winter, the eternal winter in the land. Christmas comes because the land receives her king, Aslan, who is on the move. In this world, there is meaninglessness, and that's the norm. And I see Christmas as the very hope that the world needs, the very meaning that the world needs, that your very presence 
that because of your relationship with Jesus Christ, thaws the winter of those around you. Because inside your heart, Jesus Christ lives there. Can I ask you a question? Would you like to see Jesus in your heart? Is this joy evident? And would you like other people to see this joy of knowing Jesus in your life? Mary's song is evident of the joy of the Lord in her life. And I invite you to consider this important question. Who is the Lord in your life? Have you considered the blockages in your own life? Would you be willing to ask the Lord to cure this despondency that lies in our own heart? And if so, I would like to pray for us today. Let's pray. Jesus Christ. Praise in Jesus Christ's name.